When you open your Bibles to the Gospel of John, you're immediately aware something's different. The Gospel of John is not like any of the other Gospel accounts. It's different because of what it contains and what it doesn't contain. There's no genealogy. There's no manger scene. There's no boyhood. There's no baptism. There's no temptation. There's no scribes, no lepers, no publicans, no demoniacs, no parables. It's almost like John includes what Luke doesn't include and adds to what Luke hasn't said. Luke wrote to show that Jesus Christ was the son of of man. That's the Christmas story. Born of a virgin. Born physically into this world. John writes, though, not so much to show that Jesus is the son of man, but to show that Jesus is the son of God. And oh my, what a task. But what an awesome job he does in trying to help us to understand that which is really not understandable. God. The concept of God. The complete antithesis to anything that we can point to or talk about or know about. So John has a formidable task before him as he tries to explain the unexplainable and help us to know the impossible. But he does it in a marvelous way. He begins in John chapter 1 verse 1 in helping us to understand that the Word was made flesh. Listen to what he says, John 1 beginning in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word Continuous action in the past, not completed. Let let me translate it for you. When the beginning began, Jesus was. The Word was. He is preexistent to everything that is. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was proston theonon. He is face to face with God. And the the terminology is to try to help us to understand he is co-equal, co-existent, and co-eternal with the Father. He's not the Father. He's the second person of the Godhead. But he's fully God. Completely God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. In the beginning was the Word. What in the world does the word word mean? The word word mean. What does the word word mean? It's hard to say. It's even harder to understand. Jesus is the Word. What does that mean? Well, again, it's, it's a concept that's hard for us to fully understand. Let me see if I can tackle it and give you a, an idea of it. Now, it, it, it doesn't hold together completely because we're d- describing God. But right now, I'm thinking about something right here. Can you see it? Can you see what I'm thinking about? No, you can't. My thoughts are invisible to you. I can't show you my thoughts, but I can tell you my thoughts. 
And so if right now I'm thinking about something, and if what I'm thinking about I tell you, then you're going to be thinking about it. In fact, you're going to get a mental picture of it. You know what I'm thinking about right now? A large pink and white elephant. What just came to your mind? A large pink and white elephant. And for some of you, say it was blue, Brother Owens. My elephant was blue. My invisible thoughts became real to you when I used words to impart what I was thinking. God is invisible. He's a spirit. But when God was made flesh at Bethlehem, we began to see him. And Jesus Christ is the visible part of the invisible God. He's here to show us what God was like. How would you ever know what God was like if it wasn't for Jesus? I mean, you would know he was a great creator God, this awesome, awesome individual, this, this person. You, you could know that, but you really wouldn't know that he loved you. You really wouldn't know that he would come to this earth to die for you. You really wouldn't know that he could be tempted in all ways like us, but yet be without sin so that the sin of the world could be placed on him so that he could suffer, bleed, and die for you. You wouldn't know that if all you knew was God. When Jesus came, he was the Word. And the Word is the visible expression, the manifestation of that which is invisible. Also, the, the word word is used in several ways to describe Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, he is the Alpha and the Omega. That's the beginning and last letter of the Greek alphabet. He is, he is what puts together everything. He's the beginning, the end, and everything in between. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it says that he is the last hope for mankind. He is the last word to mankind. There's not one coming after him. The Bible says in Hebrews that there were prophets and priests and, and all of these that were foreshadowing Christ and all that was taking place was announcing Christ. But when Jesus Christ came, he is the last word to mankind. The only hope we have is in the person of Jesus Christ. There's not a Christ two coming. There's not another way coming. There's not another chance coming. If you and I get to heaven, we'll get to heaven by the bloodstained banner or the cross of Jesus Christ or we will not go. He is it. He's the Word. The Word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. But not only do I notice he is the word. The, the Bible here says that he is the light. And we've been singing about it this morning. That's in verses 4 through 9. Listen. In him was life and the life was the light of man. And the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. That all men through him might believe. John was not the light but was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. 
Light is an interesting commodity, is it not? Light illuminates. And in just a little bit, we'll do a candlelight service. And we'll cut the lights down as much as we possibly can to have it as dark as we possibly can. And then a light, a candle will be lit and it will be passed along. And and what's going to happen? It's going to illuminate the room. Light illuminates. You know that. But you know, it's only in recent days that we understand light can cut. A laser is light intensified. And a laser can cut through. My point is this. Light has no competition. If you take darkness and introduce light to it, light wins every single time. Darkness has no power over light. You can just you can bring all the dark you want and dump it on light and it doesn't affect it. You can bring a dump truck load of dark and light has no competition. When light is shining, it defeats darkness every single time. I believe that's part of the reason Jesus is the light of the world. Look around this old world. It's a dark place. It's a dark, foreboding place. And I'm not talking about just physical darkness. I'm talking about spiritual darkness. And the light of Jesus Christ, when it shines into spiritual darkness, it illuminates and it brings us to grips with what and who we are. You know, if you were lost in the woods and it was a dark woods and it was midnight, you would run to any light you could see, would you not? If you just saw a flicker of light, you would run to it. Unless you were a thief. Unless you were a murderer. Because that light may be the authorities. The Bible says that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. You see, if you say no to Jesus Christ, it's because you turn your back on light and you choose darkness. Stop and think about it. Some men laugh at, especially their sons when they're little. When they're going to turn the light out in their room. Oh, daddy, don't turn the light off. It's dark. Oh, son, be a man. Be a man. Uh, Turn the light out here. Be a man. Let me ask you, what's more ridiculous? A child afraid of the dark or a man afraid of the light? It's a man afraid of the light. When we will not come to the light. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Jesus Christ is the Word. So here in John, we have two pathways to help us to understand who Jesus Christ is. Number one, He's the Word. Number two, He is the light. Both of them commingle and meet to just tell you He is the Savior. He's the Christ. That's what the Bible tells us in verses 12 through 14. Listen to what it says. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the children of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Some folks laugh at evangelicals because we talk about born-again Christians. Are you a born-again Christian? Well, sweet friend, let me explain something to you. The only Christians there are are born-again Christians. 
That's not Baptist speak. That's what the Word of God tells us here in verse 13. We're born not of flesh and blood, but of the will of God. And the Word was made flesh. There's the Word, the light, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The only begotten. In the language of the Bible, it's the monogene, monosingular, gene, species, genesis, monospecies. Jesus Christ is the only one. He's not one of many gods. He's not, he's not even the best of all the gods. He is the only God. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby you can be saved but the exclusive name of Jesus Christ. God had one son. And it is through that one son that blood redemption is offered. I was looking at this last night. Let me show you another. Just This is for free as we finish and get ready for our candlelight. Look at verse 18, those of you who have your Bibles open. It, it kind of ties in with what I've said to begin with. It says, no man hath seen God at any time. God's a spirit. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him declared him the word declare there is is the word exegesis those of you who are preachers or know anything about preaching the best preaching there is is exegetical preaching it means to take a verse and to show you by detail what that verse means you see as a preacher i have nothing to say to you folks but the Word of God has a lot to say to you folks. So the best preaching is to take the Word of God and literally tell you what it says and how it applies to you. The exegetical preacher preaching declares the Word of God. Jesus Christ declares the Father. He points Him out. He gives understanding to who God is. In our life. The word. The light. All meet. To tell you. He is the Christ. And he. Is what Christmas. Is all about. Let's bow in prayer. As I bow in prayer. Our men will be making their way. To get ready for our candlelight service. So let me lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful time of the year. Thank you that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of Messiah, full of grace and full of truth. Lord, I'm so grateful for both of those parts. We live in a world today of lies, falsehoods, misrepresentation. In Jesus Christ, we have the truth. But the truth without grace would leave me in a peck of trouble. The truth is there. I must respond to the truth. But I thank you for your marvelous, matchless grace that understands my feeble position as a human being. 
Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for all that you've done this last year in this local church. Lord, your grace and your mercy has just shown all over us. Lord, as we get ready to enter a new year, a new exciting chapter in the life of this church, we want you to know we love you and we serve you wholly and without reservation. I pray for someone here this morning who's never trusted Christ. They would understand maybe for the first time what Christmas is really all about. For I ask this in Christ's name and for Christ's sake. Amen.